shooter. If I've been out here selling myself short, pushing for less just for the love of the sport and no gimmies. Clear to see it, send me the vibe. But the hustle is not only taking the strides to see more better, not only more cheddar. Talk it like I walk it, call it poor man special. Seen more than envy in the eyes on my drive. Lessons over losses just to keep my sister proud. Can't describe the time it took just for me to hold my head instead of showing all my knowledge, slow to speak instead. And beyond that, I learned how to finesse the force direct with my mouthpiece. That's verbal in the course. What's that? to the Verbal Intercourse Podcast. Got your host, Nick Walker, back in the building with you today. Shout out to everybody that's been listening, supporting the podcast, sharing it, subscribing to it. Really appreciative over here at verbalintercoursepodcast.com. And today we got a special guest, Mrs. Sherelle Thomas, all the way from Chicago, Illinois. And we finna have an amazing conversation about sex and she's a sex and intimacy coach, all aka sex therapist. And I've I've uh, I've been kind of keeping up with her via social media for a while now. She's an amazing personality, very knowledgeable, and very excited to have her on the podcast today. So shout out to you. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Thank you for having me on. I'm looking forward to this conversation today. For sure, for sure. So so to start off, tell me a little bit about why you decided to become a, a sex and intimacy coach. I think, I honestly, I felt like it was part of my destiny to be here, to be this. Um, but the biggest thing, it was a subject that I've always been interested in, um, in terms of sex, love, relationships, all of that good stuff. And to me, I started thinking that if I was to master sex, that my relationship would be off the chain, like it would be happily ever after. That was all I needed. Needless to say, it didn't turn out that way. <laughs> but um, which then led me into studying about relationships, not just the sexual part, but relationships and all about like the way that men think, the way that women think. And I went down that route. I studied my minor in college was uh, psychology as well. And what ended up transpiring is I was separated from my now ex-husband and I ended up hiring a love coach for myself. And when I started working with her, I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is like the best job ever. Like I would love to be able to do that one one day. And that was after my first time like speaking with her. And then ever since then, like things just fell into place. I became certified. I actually still work alongside her. She's a celebrity love coach, Nicole Moore. Um, so I do that as well as the sex and intimacy and stuff like that. But it was just my my background the things that I studied in, it was a topic that I was always interested in that basically led me here to where I am today. And I'm very passionate about it. I love it. I would rather have sex than food. <laughs> like if I could live on that for the rest of my life. Hey, that's what's up though. It's I feel like it's it's very important for people to really enjoy what they do. And I can just tell about 
uh, your videos and, and how knowledgeable how knowledgeable you are about the subjects that you really enjoy what you do. So shout mm-hmm. out to you, and we we're gonna get right into it. Let's t- let's talk about sex, like like Salt and Pepper would say. But uh, <laughs> so verbal intercourse that's the title of my podcast, and and I feel like you know in this particular instance it's kind of like a double entendre where you know me personally I look at verbal intercourse as as basically you know having some good to say having having something that that will illuminate your brain make you think or whatever um i feel like when it comes to uh relationships or sex or whatever verbal intercourse has a different meaning you know uh and i and i wanted to ask how important is it to provide that proper verbal intercourse or communication prior to a sexual intercourse very very, very, very important. And I honestly, I feel like that's why a lot of people find themselves either in situations where there's sexual trauma or a lot of sexual dissatisfaction, but primarily the missing link is the communication piece. You know, and I think also a big thing that I want to point out is a lot of men, they they go about sex a certain way that they don't even realize that some of the things that they do and the way that they approach it is actually sexual assault. You know, so it's very important to have that conversation in advance to set those expectations of what is it that you desire? What are your limits? What are your boundaries? So on and so forth. And if a woman says no, it means no, you know, and you know, I, I know sometimes they say, oh, women like to play hard to get. So that's their way of, you know, uh, foreplay or whatever. And, but in reality, according to the laws and the limitations, it's actually rape. Like it's, it's actually assault. So that's one piece. Another thing, too, is a lot of people, they don't have questions prior to the sexual engagement. And then they end up in situations where they dissatisfied. But if you would have stopped and had a conversation beforehand, you would understand, you know, the the cues and the context clues to look out for to understand that you're not sexually compatible. So having that verbal intercourse, having that conversation beforehand is so important. It can really be make or break a sexual relationship so so let me ask this so uh, for example if i'm if i'm dating someone and they don't really know like like of course you just spoke about communication they don't really know how to express what makes them feel good how do you go about that do y'all go through like an experimentation phase to where you kind of just try to you know, uh, maneuver your way through it. And like, like, how do you, how do you maneuver that situation? So what, one of the things that I recommend that I always say is like, if you know what you don't want, you can utilize that to help you identify what you do want. Like, you know, that, (laughs) this is the first thing that came to mind. Like, you know, you don't want somebody to hop on top of you and act like a jackrabbit. So and just pump away. So, you know, that's what you don't want. So what do you do want in place of that? And that's the guiding post and the guiding framework that I use to help my clients figure out what it is that they that they do want so that they can verbally communicate it. And it's not always like about experience or stuff like that. But if you know what you don't want, you can utilize that to help you find out what you do want. A lot of people 
like they end up in, in situations of like, or, or let me just say this. A lot of people will say like, oh, well, I, I'm not that experienced. Like only have one partner or so on and so forth. You don't need a lot of partners in order to find out what you do. Like, even if you have that one partner, what worked? what didn't work and use what didn't work to identify what you want less of and replace it with what you want more of. So that that's a big thing for me. I think that's a starting foundation to finding out what you do want. Look at the TV, like the things that you see on TV and it sparks something within you. You know, you can be like, "Ooh, I want to try that. Does it pique your interest? It doesn't mean you got to sit in the bed masturbating all day to identify what it is that you do want. You can start where you are without the experience of a whole bunch of partners, without having to pleasure yourself all day long to find out what it is that you do want. Okay. So I think it was a few months ago where um, I think uh, a clip went viral where DJ Envy was was talking about how he had been with his wife all of these years and she finally told him that, you know, we you 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 haven't been making me orgasm, you know, all of these years. Mm -hmm. And it went viral. Everybody, all of the women was talking about the men, you know, the you know, the everyday men versus women wars via social media. So um, I'm big on statistics on verbal intercourse. Anytime I have somebody that's really educated on the topic, I always look up some stats to kind of so I can ask valid questions. So I went to a website um, called pleasurebetter.com and it, and it seemed pretty valid. But it says that 81.6% 81 of women don't orgasm from intercourse alone. But 95% of heterosexual men usually are always orgasm during sex. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask what what is the reason? Because I'm a man, so it I I I totally understand that it's really not that hard to, to make a man orgasm. Mm -hmm. To make a man it's, it's really not that hard. But you know, I, I find it interesting, you know, that it's that many women that don't orgasm during sex. So mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit about that. Like, is it a biological reason or is it just, it, are we not listening or like, like what is the reasoning for that? It's a combination of things. It's not just like a one, one size fit all, but um, yeah, it's, it's, First of all, let me go back to the the clip about DJ Emmy. Like she was actually faking orgasms, right? Faking, yeah. A lot of women actually fake orgasms, but what they fail to realize is that you're rewarding something that you're not satisfied with. Like you're faking an orgasm to act as if you're enjoying it. And that's what you're you're communicating with your partner that I like what you're doing, although you really don't. Like you're faking it. And that's one of the things that I really wanted to point out is because that's where the breakdown, you know, come in at. A lot of women will do it because they wanted to get it over and done with. They have sex just to satisfy the man. So they do it, you know, to make him feel a certain type of way as opposed to working together and having that that hard conversation. Ten years. She said she faked orgasms for so long. 
I couldn't imagine lying to someone for that long and making them think that I was really satisfied when I really wasn't. So it, it kind of fall back on her. Like you're rewarding something that you're not enjoying. Like you're praising this act that you're really not into. So you brought it up on yourself. Like that's what you're saying you want more of by faking the orgasm. So that's that. Now, back to the other question. The reason why... A lot of women don't or actually orgasm from penetration is several things. First thing first is when a woman climax, there's a certain type of brain activity that transpires um, to like surrender to the moment. Think about it. Like from a guy's perspective, when you are inside of a woman, like when you're having sex with your partner or whatever, are you thinking about what are you thinking about? Let's just say that. Like, <laughs> what are you thinking about? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I feel like when I'm inside of a woman, I'm actually living in the moment and it's, and I feel like mentally it's very few times in the world. Like when, if I could be doing a lot of things, but thinking about something else, if I'm inside of a woman, I'm thinking about being inside this woman. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, yeah, of course it's, of course it's, you know, thought inspired. So, yes. With a woman, you ask a woman, you ask women that same question. They they thinking about work, they thinking about dishes, they thinking about the kids, they thinking about, oh, let me hurry up and climax, like, or can I climax? Like, why can't I climax? So it's like so many different things that are going on with inside the brain that takes them away from the moment, which leads to an inability to climax. So that's one thing. Another thing which I, this is something that I've been infatuated with as of late. And I wholeheartedly believe that it is going to be a game changer. The more women that I can actually teach how to do this, they are going to be able to control that vaginal, um, that orgasm from vaginal penetration. But a lot of women don't know how to utilize their body to make it do what it needs to do. You know, and uh, what I'm referring to is gripping. Like when you talk about gripping, using the vaginal muscles to contract, um, you know, while you're being penetrated, what that actually does, so many amazing things. One, it feels amazing. You feel more. Two, you're actually guiding and directing the penis as to exactly where you want it to go. Three, is causing, as you do those muscles, what you're actually doing is causing more lubrication like to come. It's causing more arousal. There's so many different benefits to actually gripping and only a handful of women actually know how to utilize it. Some will say, oh, that's doing Kegels on the D, but gripping is much more than doing Kegels on a D. There's certain positions that you can get into grip that makes it easier and you feel more. So it's, I think it's also a thing of learning how to utilize the body. Another thing is not speaking up for your needs. Like a lot of women are emotionally disconnected within a relationship and they have sex out of obligation when they do have sex. A lot of marriages are sexless, um, which make it even harder, you know, for a woman to actually climax. So as you can see, it's a number of different things that causes women to why that gap is so big. And another thing is some men are selfish, like no offense to you or like the male yeah. species. <laughs> you talk to some men and, and that's what I mean about vetting. Like I can honestly say from my own experience, I have not had like a, oh, that was horrible sex. I've never had 
horrible sex. I had mediocre sex one time, but every other time it was amazing. You know why? Because I know what to look out for. I know what to expect. I have these conversations. I'm able to communicate like, nah, that's not, that don't work for me. I, I'm able to know in advance if we're sexually incompatible or not. So those are just some things. So, and, and, I, and I also wanted to ask the age old question, is it the size of the boat or the motion in the ocean? Like, no, no, is that no, no, not the size. Now, let me, let me not be biased because some well-endowed penises, it makes it easier, you know, for you to actually achieve that, especially if a woman is not, you know, familiar with gripping, but that's the crazy part, right? Like certain orgasms, so. Uh, squirting, right? Let's take squirting for example. If you're working with a guy who's well endowed, use that very big. It makes it harder to actually squirt if he doesn't know what he's doing. If he's just in there and he's you know just going and going, you talk about the motion in the ocean. It can feel good, but when a woman actually squirt, what actually happens is her body contract and it repels the man out. So the bigger the penis is, the harder it is to repel out. And when that penis come out, that's when the explosion happens um, most of the time. Not all of the time, but most of the time. But if if he doesn't do that, like if he's well endowed, he's very big and he's staying in there doing his thing, it make it harder for her to squirt. So it's not the size. A guy, now, if it's a micro penis, that's a different story. That's a medical condition. Like I, I, I can't say that I don't have enough evidence or scientific studies or research to be able to say like, yeah, they can still do something. But about four inches, yeah, you can make it happen between four and four and up. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just about knowing what positions work, um, knowing what strokes to do. You know, there's you some people just go <laughs> hammering away like, no, switch it up. You know, like different strokes, like figure out <laughs> different strokes for different folks. But figure out like what works for her. Pay attention to her body. See how she's responding. Same thing with the man. See what feels good to you. And the same thing like with the woman, there's different positions, different things that she can do. Lift her hips, you know, putting a pillow underneath, different things that would enhance the experience as well. So, um, to, to kind of go back to what you said, you we we kind of talked to well, you kind of talked a little bit about gripping and you talked about certain positions anatomically work better for gripping than other positions. What what would you think a woman being on top? Would that be one of the main positions that gripping would work really well for? It's actually harder to grip on top than okay. some other positions, but on from the back, it's easier. Him missionary, it's it's easier because she's relaxed. Um, the easiest one though is on the side. On the okay. side. Yeah, because everything is relaxed. So it's it's harder up top, but it can be done, it can be achieved. Um, so it's not to say that no other positions will work, but the easiest one in gripping is when she's laying on her side. Yeah, I, I feel like as a as a man, you know, growing up, we of course we aren't literally taught these things, you mm-hmm. know, how to how to be intimate with a woman, especially in a place like Mississippi, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh I feel like it's I feel like this information is very is is very necessary for men because 
you know, a lot of us, we we trying to break away from generational curses, trying to become more intimate with women, you know, more emotional with women, being able to express ourselves physically and mentally and communicate better. And I think and I think this conversation is like very important for this platform. So so once again, I want to thank you for it. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. So uh so yeah, so then so I wanted to uh bridge into my next convo. Well, next question. Um a lot of guys, you know, I, I see a lot of women there they're bringing out the toys, you know, by themselves. And uh a lot of guys they you know, they don't like the toys. I seen I seen uh I seen a tweet uh, a, a Twitter uh, a tweet the other day that was basically saying that uh <laughs> if you need rent money, go ask that rose toy. You know, <laughs> and, uh, and you know the rose is is become really popular. Um, I've never used toys in the bedroom. I just I just haven't done it yet. Um, mm -hmm. I've used probably I've used the uh, um, um, I've uh, used I've covered up eyes and stuff like that, but I haven't used like toys or whatever. So. Um, Talk to me a little bit about toys. Uh, why should men be more comfortable using toys with their woman? And some places where, you know, I could look and be like, okay, maybe, you know, I can try this with my woman or something like that. I feel like this is going to be a womp womp moment because <laughs> I do not believe in toys. Really? I, props and stuff like that, yes. But the like the vibrators, the rolls, the dildos, all of that for several reasons. One, a lot of those are made with a lot of toxins with them. Mm -hmm. Like if you look for the ing ingredients that are, you know, the, the materials that they're made of, it includes a lot of toxins and you're putting it on the most delicate part of your body. That's one reason. That's a big thing. Um, and a lot of places will not disclose what it's made of. So you have no idea what you're actually putting in your body is one. Um, another thing is, have you ever heard of the dead vagina syndrome? No. Uh -uh. Well, what actually happened is a toy. I wish I would have known. I wish I would have had them out. But I can actually show you where I, I place it and you can see like how powerful it is so when you have something that's hitting like that on a delicate area over and over and over again eventually what happened like you need something more powerful until eventually it you don't feel anything because you damage the feelings in the nerve <laughs> this is like a lot of information but i'm gonna put it out there i'm gonna say it anyway so with the rose, what actually happened is you can take it and you can attach it like to the body and it does its thing, right? Right. Lowest setting. I couldn't even take it on my <laughs> body. But that's the difference between someone who doesn't use toys is so much more sensitive. You don't need all of that. So in my mind, that's the reason why I don't really do or encourage toys. And I, that's my opinion. That's my opinion. It's my biased opinion. So I'm not if somebody is listening or watching, I'm not saying stop using your toys like all of this. Just be mindful of it and pay attention. Like when you start using those vibrations, eventually you're going to need something stronger. 
And I work with a lot of clients who come to me. I can't climax from, you know, my man. Like I need a toy. They have to rely on that. And why? It creates that neural pathway within the brain that this is how you get off. This is how you should receive pleasure. So me personally, I do not recommend those kinds of toys. Like think about the the marketing, powerful hammer, like all of that. Like, I don't know if you've seen it on meme, say, you know, when women wonder why they can't, can't climax from a man. And then you see them with the whatever machine that is, and they got it in between their legs. It's one of the powerful machines that break up concrete. But yeah, like, like don't even compete with that. I, I just personally don't think that it's necessary. And why bring toys in the bedroom if you haven't even learned how to master the basics? Like, that's another thing that I believe I could see that if you explored everything, you've done everything, then okay, you want to try this? Okay, try it. But so many people jump into let's bring in toys or let's bring in another person when you haven't even touched the surface of what you're capable of between the two of you. So what I would recommend feathers. I would highly recommend feathers because that's that light sensation. It heightens the arousal, all of that good stuff you mentioned about blindfolds, those kinds of things. Um, look, look, whips. That won't hurt. You know? <laughs> that. And then like, I don't know if you guys seen like that. I, I wish I would have, I should have been prepared. Okay. Because I have it across the room, but there's this, this like little device um, that you connect to the legs or whatever and it spread them out it's like a leg extender um really? you can use that, flip them over different things like that so i would recommend like tools and props and stuff like that but not the vibrating toys or not dildos or anything like that okay okay yeah that's you know that's interesting because i definitely thought you would have been somebody that was like yeah you could use this toy this that and the other but but I definitely feel you. I, and I think that's why I subconsciously have never used a toy because I just was like, why would I use a toy when, you know, this could happen without a toy? And mm -hmm. and, and I also like once again, I didn't know where these things, you know, where, where, where they come from. I'm I'm like, I don't even like lose, using any type of like lubes or nothing like that because that's just like weird to me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so. So yeah, that's that's very interesting. I I and I did like the I did like the blindfold because like you said, it's taking away one of my senses. So it's heightening the sensation on in different areas. So yeah, that's that's definitely cool. Yeah. So yeah. and don't you know, discriminate against the loops, just find a good loop. Now, the reason why I say this is because something that you guys may not experience because you are a man. Like sometimes you just want to jump, like sometimes the mood calls just to jump right into it. But with the woman, our body need time to warm up. Like you guys, y'all just get hard, you know, like you see something ex exciting and you're just erects. But for a woman, we need that other kinds of stimulation to sometimes get things going, not all the time, but sometimes. And that's why I say like, don't discriminate against the losers because it can help in those moments where if she's not fully aroused and you are where you just want to get right into it because otherwise it can cause pain when you just try, trying to go and her body is not warmed up and it take about um oh gosh for a man it takes 
only minutes to warm up. For a woman on average, it take about 10 to 18 minutes to really get things going because there's so much that goes on within our body. Like the nipples get hard, the uterus move, the cervix move up and back out of the place. Like the, the body temperatures rising, lubricants start to flow, so on and so forth. So kind of think of it like starting a car in the winter time. You know, you need that that little extra time to get things really warm. And think about driving a car. Like, I don't know about if you experienced this in Mississippi, but here it get really cold, like really, really cold. Zero degrees in the wintertime. You jump in that car and try to drive it at zero degrees, it's going to jerk. It's going to, you know, like feel like it's going to stall on you. And it's kind of the same way with the woman's body. Like if you don't give it time to let those juices flow, those lubricants warm up, you going to have some resistance there. So just keep that in mind. So you said on average, it takes about 18 minutes for a woman to kind of get it all the way, uh, be all the way aroused. So in yeah. these 18 minutes is, is then how is it, how important is it to, to kind of just keep that, that move going? Like, like, do is that the time you hop in for the oral sex or like, like you hop in and go down on her or is it like, or should you just, you know, kiss and do all that rub and for 18 minutes straight. I feel like that's a very long time. <laughs> so let me say this, right? I'm not saying set a timer and go for 18 minutes because this is another thing that makes a difference on how aroused and how a body's woman will, a woman's body will respond to you. How are, how have you been making deposits into her prior to? I tell people all the time, foreplay starts way before you get in the bedroom. So you know you want some that night. You wake up in the morning and you start then. That way, that 18 minutes be like two. You know, come it'll be like you come on, you know, like her ripping your clothes off and so on and so forth. But that's because you're sowing seeds throughout the day. So if you fill up that account, Prior to, it's not going to take a full 18 minutes. It, like I just said, it could take two. She can be ripping your clothes off and ready to go. But different things, kiss on the forehead in the morning, um, touching the small of her back, like as you walk by, asking her how her day has been, just being attentive. If you know that there's something that really bothered her, taking the garbage out, take the garbage out you know like sometimes <laughs> men are so stubborn but if you could just do little things to help take things off her plate that 18 minutes will be 60 seconds dope dope so before before we move forward with my last question i want to kind of go uh rewind and i know you had uh basically a workshop on uh squirt and i mm -hmm. and i've always wondered like because anytime I've ever in my past, anytime I've ever been with a woman and she squirts, like I kind of felt like I didn't know how to feel about it. Am I grossed out or is it supposed to be what's up? Like, cause, cause you know, I, on Twitter, people say, oh, that's piss. And then other people say, oh, that's just some, I don't, I didn't know. I don't know what it is, but is that like, is it urine or is it, some type of water fluid from your body. Like okay. I'm, it's so, so first of all, I have not had the workshop on squirting yet. It oh. will be June 
30th. And then also, which I'll be releasing today is um, I'll be having a, a workshop for men. I think it's July 1st, which is teaching them all about squirting and how to be able to train their partner's body to squirt consistently. So those um, two are coming up at the end of this month. But in regards to what actually transpires with the woman when she squirts, so I tell my clients all the time, you think it's pee, go empty your bladder before you even get going. Mm -hmm. What actually happens if when there are certain arousals um, and stimulations that take place, liquid forms, uh, it actually fills up the skin's gland, which is located behind the bladder. So the more she's stimulated, the more she's aroused, the more she feels different sensations, kind of think of it like me pouring liquid from one bottle into another. Um, and it's filling up the skin's gland. What actually transpires is when it gets full and when it's like to the point where there's so much pleasure and so much secretions and so much liquid, it actually gushes out or sometimes it seeps out and it comes through the urethra. The same hole that the pee comes from. So what actually, that's why in some studies you'll see that they found urine in it. Some studies, it's just a clear liquid. But of course, if you passing through that same pipe, you passing through that same street, like you're going to push out some of that if it was already there. However, um, the, the source, it comes from the skin's glands. It's not coming from the bladder. It's not pee. It's not any of that. And it is produced from that um the stimulation that's what actually fills it up okay okay i think i had i think i had read about it but you know at the same time it it makes a lot more sense when you actually told about it and mm -hmm. and uh yeah i didn't i didn't know whether to feel grossed out or whether to feel turned on i felt like i felt turned on but at, but at the end at the end of it, I'm just like I don't I don't know. It's like it keeps coming. It keep it's all on my legs, and I'm just like <laughs> I'm like what, what's your going reward. on? <laughs> right, right. Gratification. Enjoy right, it. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. And so, let me also say, like you you guys, as from a male's perspective, like I, I used to talk to my ex-husband about this all the time, asking him, like, how does it feel like when he climax and so on and so forth? Like he says it feels like an explosion going on, like fireworks going off in his body. When a woman squirt, it's like that on steroids. It feels like like it's like 10 times. It's like an out-of-body experience. Like you just forget where you are for a moment. And then when you come back to reality, it's just all these like tingly like feelings of like bliss so imagine that like why why cut a woman off from having that type of pleasure and knowing that you're the source of that pleasure so have at it enjoy it look at it like it's instant gratification look at it as confirmation of the work that you just did that you just put in Okay. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, guess, I guess I did my thing. Exactly. One thing I can say that also makes it easier as well, making sure you have a waterproof mattress pad. Also making sure that you have towels in place, depending upon like how much she squirted and so on and so forth. But you want to make sure there's proper coverage because you don't want to deal with that headache afterwards of damaging, you know, furniture and all of that good stuff. Right, right, right. Okay. Okay, cool, cool. 
So um, this is going to bridge me to my next and final question. Um, I've been doing a lot of research. I'm in a relationship and I'm, and I'm, you know, trying to bridge their way into marriage and stuff like that. But I've been reading a lot about married couples and how they don't have sex after they get married. It's like, and, and, you know, I, I got homies that's married. Of course, you know, I wouldn't put them out there, but like in the, everybody talks about it. When you get married, you ain't going to get sex like that. So I'm talking a little bit about that. How, how does that, how does that happen and what can I do to prevent it in my own life and stuff like that? So how does it happen? Again, this is one of those things where it's a number of different things that happen, like schedules change, um, hormones change. Um, like when you when you get married, move in with the person and you guys have life like life happens. So it takes away from the desire to actually have sex, you know, and, and even if the desire is some there, sometimes it's the schedule. Sometimes it's the stress. Sometimes it's, oh, I got to handle this. I got to handle that. So the number one thing that I say is make sure you prioritize it is one, first and foremost. Another thing, number two, a lot of women, they get into, they go into a relationship and they share it all day long. You know, like anytime you want it, Johnny on the spot, the best, trying to attempt to make it the best that you ever have. But that's their motivating factor for sex. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm getting pleasure from this, but it's more out of obligation. Like, oh, let me do this so I can get him, so I can keep him, you know, so he can choose me and marry me. But once that is achieved, then it switches to, oh, okay, I got him. I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> but think about it like this. If it was pleasurable for a woman, like to the point where she felt the many benefits of having sex. Do you think that she, so like say, say, say this is her favorite party or whatever, her favorite place to go. Right. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you say, okay, do you want to go to the grocery store? You want to go to your favorite store? She's going to always choose her favorite store because it brings her pleasure. Grocery store, not so much because it's obligation. You know, I have to do that. Same thing with sex. Like if men would put in a little bit more effort to make sure that emotional connection stays open and also make sure that when they do have sex, it's pleasurable for her, not just him getting off. You think she's going to say, no, I don't want that? No, if she's getting what she needs from sex and it actually feels good and so on and so forth, who denies themselves a pleasure? Like who denies themselves of something that they really enjoy? So I think that's another thing is making sure that that emotional connection stays there. And then also like, you know, the skills and the techniques and all of that good stuff that actually bring her pleasure. No, yeah, I, I think... I think uh, it always comes down to the communication and being yeah. able to maintain that emotional connection for yeah. years and years. And, uh, and I think, you know, like, like, like I done gained a lot of tips from you. If, if I want some, if I want some that day, start in the morning, start prepping it in the morning. It's like, it's like uh, putting the pussy in a crock pot or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And always like, think about even those days that you don't want it, make sure that you still tending and doing things. Because if, if you do go above and beyond on the days, only on the days that you want it, then she going to catch up. So she going to catch on to that. And it's going to be like, Oh, he being nice. Cause he wants some, like, that's how I used to be with my husband. Like, 
Well, I know he will pull out all the stops. And I'm looking at him like, I'm going to give you some anyway because I want it. But like, I understand that you only doing this. It, so it take away from the genuineness of it. Keep that tank full. Send notes, send letters, find out her love language, express love in that way. Like keep it full so you don't have to worry about, oh, she don't want to give me none. Mm -mm. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah, it's been amazing having you on the Verbal Intercourse podcast today, Mrs. Sherelle Thomas, <laughs> Thank intimacy you coach, sex therapist. Uh, <laughs> one, one last thing I want you to do is to shout out your uh, Instagram handles and and tell them about your upcoming events or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. So you can find me on Instagram at Sherelle E. Thomas. That's C-H-A-R-E-L-L-E-E-T-H-O-M-A-S. Um, yeah, I would love to have you. I would love to entertain you. I would love to connect with you. So please make sure you follow me on there. Um, you can also find me on YouTube under Sherelle Thomas as well. And yeah, I have two workshops coming up, one for the ladies, which is the art of squirting and it's teaching you how to actually train your body to consistently be able to climax in that area. It's teaching you how to relax, how to get out of your mind and into the moment and to receive that euphoric bliss that you experience with squirting. And then also the art of squirting men's editions where I will be going into detail teaching the men um, different techniques, the strokes needed, the type of stimulation that's needed and just learning exactly like what it is, how to prepare for it and also how to train your um, woman to experience that bliss consistently with squirting. Hey, that's amazing. That's amazing. Everybody tune in to Mrs. Sherelle Thomas. And remember the purpose of the Verbal Intercourse podcast is to provide a safe space for millennials to express their opinions, to gain insight, and to be able to explore their environment. And we out. Peace. Everybody stay safe. Who's in? Uh Direct with my mouthpiece, that's verbal in the course, yes, love.